0: welcome to the dental master series podcast i'm your host dr matt vandermolen this podcast is dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself both personally and professionally throughout this series you will have the opportunity to hear and learn from people who have reached high levels of, of success in life and in dentistry and who genuinely want you as they have in their lives i'm so honored today to have Dr. Dave Gibson as our guest. Welcome, Dave.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh,
0: Before we get started, I'd just uh, like to say a few things about uh, Dr. Gibson. Um, Dave and I have known each other uh, a number of years, and uh, uh, Dave's out in the Bay Area in uh, Livermore, California, uh, where he actually grew up. And uh, I, of course, am in Springfield, Illinois, which couldn't be any more different than the Bay Area, California. So I love talking to Dave and and hearing what's all the latest and greatest things happening out in California. Dave is a graduate of the University University of Pacific. He was an honors graduate. Uh, He tells me he's been in practice for 27 years. Um, What's great about Dave is that um, he's a continual learner. He's never satisfied with the status quo. Um, And that's why uh, he and I always love to touch base with each other on what's going on. He's always reading some book or listening to some uh, some speaker and um, and Dave and I share the same interest of, of learning as much as we can from outside the dental industry. I think he and I uh, really hit it off that way because there's so much to learn from outside of dentistry that we can bring into dentistry. And uh, I really appreciate having Dave as a resource. Um, Dave's here uh, today to talk about uh, his group practice and, and, and Dave's got sort of a unique mix, uh, in his group practice. And we'll talk about that. Um, and you know, as a, as a personal dentist, as an individual dentist, um, he's done really well practice concept. So, uh, Dave, um, before we start talking about the group practice and and, and Dave's practice is, is fairly large, um, can you just give us a little history on you know where you start? I mean, you're in your hometown. I, I imagine uh, did you start up from scratch in, in your hometown, or were you did you associate with somebody? Or
1: yeah, I actually uh, Matt, I'm glad to be here with you. I'm really excited that you're. I'm a big fan of yours, and I admire what you've do have done with your practice and with dentistry, and uh, and I'm excited to uh, be a part of this podcast. I actually grew up in Livermore, California. And when I graduated from dental school, I actually uh, got an associateship job over in San Francisco. And I was living with my parents in, in Livermore. Uh, you know, when we get out of school, we don't have a lot of money. So I was, you know, got my right. old room back and was right. just back and forth as an associate. And I was just kind of looking through some dental uh, practice magazines and I saw a practice for sale in Livermore. So I gave the broker a call. And within probably a four months period, uh, worked out a deal to purchase the practice. And um, so about six months after school, I purchased my practice here in town. It was a little tiny, small office, three operatories. Uh, The dentist was only working part-time there. The dentist didn't really like to do dentistry and didn't really like to see patients. He just kind of liked to come in and just chit chat and visit with people. So it was almost like a startup practice right but the neat thing about practicing in the town that I grew up in is I had so many friends and relatives and acquaintances here and when I told them I started up for practice I, I just had a mash r- rush of people coming into my office it was also interesting at that time that none of the none of the general dentists in my town actually accepted new patients and <laughs> what so I got to know <laughs> so when I took uh, over the practice here in town a couple of the doctors actually contacted me and said, hey, we're flooded with patients. <laughs> if we get emergencies or we have new patients that want to come in to the dentist, can we refer them to you? And I said, of
0: course. So, wow. That's like some kind of fairy tale practice. right now. Can you imagine that happening today? People, yeah, calling, yeah, other you know dental doctors that. calling you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. That's that's something. Wow. So when was that, Dave? When When was that? 19... So
1: that was actually 1992.
0: 1992. And other doctors were too busy; they couldn't couldn't get new patients in. And I think we'll talk a little bit about too busy and what that even means. So, um, yeah.
1: Exactly. And, and back then, it was it was interesting because none of the dentists in town advertised in the yellow pages, and it was actually frowned upon to actually advertise dental services at that time in California. I don't know how it was in other states, but it was. Wow. You know, kind of no-no to advertise
0: wow well, that's amazing I mean, we were we were even advertising in the mid, mid midwest in the early nineties so wow that's interesting so um so you you grew from three ops and then um and then then how long did it take you before you you know you expanded your facility um,
1: so the little three operatory practice we actually converted that into a four-operatory practice, into a five-operatory practice, into a a five-and-a-half operatory practice. And at that time, it it was just physically not possible for me to see any more patients. And so I was looking around for other opportunities and was able to uh, become partners in another building here in town, which had probably about 3,500 square feet that I purchased into.
0: Okay, so then you, you actually physically moved your practice into this 3,500 square feet.
1: Exactly. And we're currently at that location now. And um, when we first built out that office, we built it out at seven operatories. And I thought that was going to be my dream practice, seven operatories. And, you know, <laughs> this is going to take care of me for the you know rest of my career, et cetera, et cetera. And we're actually at 12 operatories.
0: It's uh it's, it's funny. I, th- I think that, um, whenever I talk to a dentist and they say they're expanding, I always ask them, how many operatories are, are you doing? And they tell me whatever, the, whatever the number is. And, you know, it's usually not some insane number, but it, it's usually something like five or seven. And, and I always tell them, I said, if you're planning this, you know, add, add another two, at least, you know, just have, you have somewhere where you can put two more operatories because I, I can promise you that you'll always need more. And uh, exactly. and, and, yeah. and, and what I found in, in, in other group practices or just big practices is you at first when you're looking at this, especially when you're coming out of dental school or, or if you're in a three operatory situation, which a lot of dentists are, you know, you have the doctor has two operatories and they have a hygienist and you have your front desk lady and you have one assistant and you know, everything's great until you can't see any more new patients. And these days it's, you don't just send them down the street to someone else. So you, you figure this out, but the operatory is actually their best investment. I think, uh, would you agree with me on that, 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 that investing, you know, the 30, uh, you know, 30,000 maybe, or 40, even if it's 40, or even if it was $50,000 uh, to open another operatory. Um, yeah,
1: yeah if you look at the revenue that a operatory generates out of the operatory, that's,
0: you know,
1: you know one of the best investments that you could do. Yeah. And, and obviously, if you have an opportunity to move into another facility or build out a facility, yeah, the more operatories that you can put in there, the better off you are just to plan on future growth, because it, it's going to happen.
0: There's no way around it. I'm going I'm to guess, Dave, that if you're in 3,500 square feet and you have 12 operatories, I'll bet you don't have a big executive office for yourself to kind of sit there and prop your feet up on a nice big uh, oak or cherry desk, do you? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I actually don't even have an office.
0: <laughs> <laughs> me neither. My office is the hallway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I have a little shelf space in a in where my my uh, administrative team has, and I I got one 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 shelf, and I got like a little counter space that I there's a phone where if if I come in they they clear out and they let me sit there. So
1: <laughs> yeah. what we did do is we with the building that I'm in, we actually have an opportunity to take over some of the upstairs space. And we actually put a storage facility up there, a staff lounge, and then we put just a conference room up there. So we periodically meet up there for different meetings. We actually have a conference room, but we actually, that conference room is separate than our main facility, Yes, which is kind of nice because then we don't have an opportunity to migrate over to that.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think it's good to have a, uh, it, it is a good investment to have a separate meeting space. And if you can have a second level or a basement, where it's away from the uh, the uh, the clinical space, I, I think that's good. So that's 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 really great. In my case, I bought a building behind me, and uh, we use that for storage and, and meeting space as well. So um, you, you learn these things as you go along. But a private office don't need that. So um, so I'm interested too. Like so, you went to five and a half operatories. When you were at five and a half, is is that when you started? Uh, adding an associate, or did that happen when you moved to the different facility and went to seven?
1: Yeah, we, you know, we didn't. We did not add in a, another associate until we actually moved facilities. Okay. And then, and then it was at a point there at the new facility when I was just physically maxed out, and I just physically couldn't see anyone else. And people were, uh, you know, upset because they had to wait so long to see me. You know, appointments a month, month and a half out. Right. You know, that that came to a point where. You know, I, I got where I just physically couldn't do it. And, uh, you know, even some of the dental reps and stuff like that, like, you got to get another doctor in here to, you know, work for you and take over some of the load and take care of your patients. And you're doing a, such a great job building a reputation in the area, but, you know, you can't physically take care of the whole town and see everyone. So you definitely need to reach out there and, you know, find another doctor that's uh, you can mentor that can. You know, take care of the people with you. So that's what
0: we did. So even at that though, you're, you're busy, you're by yourself. Um, there's, there's some comfort, or at least a lot of uh, dentists will find comfort in, hey, I'm booked out four weeks. I'm booked out six weeks. I think a lot of people sort of uh, find comfort in that. Um, but it's also stressful when you when you know you can do more. And, and I guess that might be a personality type. Uh, I know it is for me is it's like, well, there's all these people and obviously I'm not helping as many people. You know, people are probably going other places if, if they have to wait. So, but, but would you feel like, you know, it was maybe instead of, you know, you had your growth from three to four to five to five and a half, you move buildings, you're at seven and you were probably having pretty much an incremental growth in your, your productivity. Um, but then, you know, you sort of hit the wall but you're doing really well obviously at seven ops and you're scheduled out and you're doing all those things. But was it, was it personally, was it hard for you to kind of go, okay, I, you know, I, I just, I got to make the leap here. I got to, I got to bring someone else in. Was, was did you have?
1: Yeah, well, the initial leap was just getting someone into the office, you know, that I felt that I could trust that would take care of the patients that would treat them right. Like I want to be treated. Right. And so that was a big hurdle just kind of opening up the door to allow someone else to come in and um help me service the people that needed to do service and take care for their dental needs but once I did that it, there was a big comfort in that and I actually found a lot of joy and you know satisfaction in having the camaraderie with another person that was actually helping run the business and you know helping me take care of patients and help helping me say, hey you need to go get lunch you know I'll take care of this emergency patient right you know don't worry about me. I've got a handle right and you know after, we started getting patients that would come in and compliment and actually wanted to see the other doctor associates that we had. Then it started becoming easier handing patients over to this um, other doctor. And it was like a big burden was actually lifted on my shoulders to tell you the truth.
0: Right. And so did you, how did you handle, um, so you've got, you're in your hometown, you've got a lot of your friends, relatives, uh, just, you know, people you went to school with, uh, um, you know, so all these people know you. I mean, did when the new person came on, did some of those people that were your long-term patients, did they, did they go to the new associate doctor or did you just kind of start up from scratch uh, with, with that new associate doctor?
1: Yeah, some of them did. Some of them wanted to wait. Um, some of them I was able to hand off to the new associate doctor too. So we kind of handled it differently depending on the case. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, we, what we tried to do was like, if a new patient came in, we tried to have both of the doctors introduce themselves to the new patient that came in, you know, so I'd say, you know, hey, I'm Dr. Gibson, I want, you know, happy to have you come in our office. We always love having new people come in. It's nice to meet you. Um, uh, our you know, our other doctor is gonna come in and meet you too. He's gonna have a good look at everything. And we're just happy that you're here. Just like an introductory thing if it was one of my friends that was having a tooth problem you know again i would just kind of do a handoff i would pop in and just say something real quick and say hey unfortunately i'm you know working on a another patient right now with a broken tooth same thing as you are and uh dr stevens was actually our associate doctor at the time i'm like dr stevens is going to see in a minute he's going to take great care of you and uh, he's worked on my teeth and uh, he's gonna do a great job for right. you. That. So right. Thanks for coming and letting us take care of you and just kind of handled it that right. Way.
0: Yeah. So you're you know basically edifying or promoting the other doctor. And um yeah.
1: and then and then once I did that for a while, it just it just became easy. The staff got got comfortable doing it, promoting the new doctor, the hygienist got comfortable doing it. Um and, and then it became the point where people didn't even ask who they were seeing. You know, we started advertising more as a group practice. We had both of our names on, uh, you know, advertising information that went out, you know, uh, both of our names on the window and on the door and stuff like that. So people just kind of assumed it was a group practice. Right. Now we actually have, uh, we actually have one, trying to think, one, two, three, five full-time doctors
0: I like how you had to think about it. <laughs> you had to count them on your fingers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like and, and, so and,
1: uh, two part time, part time, uh, three part time specialists.
0: So five, five full time doctors, including yourself. Five full time GPs. Exactly. Okay, So it's five GPs, and then you and you have.
1: And I think I think one of the things that happened. I think there's been a transformation just more in the medical community too. Yeah. So. You when know, people go to kaiser they see multiple doctors they go to the pre now There, you know group practices there so the solo practice as far as medicine isn't really there anymore so i think people just kind of got used to it and they're actually used to seeing a group practice we actually have people that transfer over to us they were seeing a solo doctor and they're like oh my gosh i really like this model really good i you know that you've got extended hours you can see me during lunchtime. You have early morning appointments. You've got a couple of Saturday appointments available for me. And they said, you know, the doctor I was seeing was only open three days a week and it was just so difficult. That I just couldn't get in to see him anymore. So we're actually able to capture market share because of the hours and the group practice model, which actually offers a lot of service advantages.
0: Right. I mean, um, being available is a is a huge thing. The expanded hours is, is a huge thing in, in practice, and it's hard to do that on your own. Um, you got to have you got to have the personnel, uh, doctor wise, and you got to have the personnel to to support those expanded hours as well. Um, I just it seems more and more. I mean, you know, when you talk about the the growth of DSOs and uh, and and. Uh, those kind of practices, and the advantage they have, they're sort of they're, they have an advantage of scale. Um, their their main disadvantage tends to be that uh, they tend to have more of the younger doctors um, that don't really have the experience, uh, or if they if they do, they're they're there to gain experience and to move on and and uh, do something else. And whereas in a situation like what you have, you you've got the big group practice, you're there. You, there you know if you've been there it's your hometown um people recognize it as 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 a as a local business not just a um you know a box kind of thing
1: the other advantage i found about as far as growing is you have a certain you know volume size patient base so then you just automatically have more referral source because you have more patients that are out there missionaries you know sending their. You know their friends and co-workers and to see right the other thing that's been a great advantage is because of our patient volume is the specialty services that we've been able to add because people want to stay within our group practice they don't want to have to leave anywhere they want one one group one organization that's going to take care of their needs so we've actually incorporated and bringing specialists into our office, which has been fantastic.
0: Now you said you have, you Uh, said you have three, you said you have three, um, doctors, three specialists. So what are, what are those specialties?
1: Yeah. So we actually have uh, we have two endodontists that come into our office and uh, uh, actually one and a half oral surgeons, I'd say we're just, and, and the nice thing about the endodontist and the oral surgeons, a lot of times it's just a one shot appointment, basically. Right. So they're coming, getting the procedure done, getting that taken care of, and then they're done. Right. So we tried like Terio and we tried Ortho, and it just didn't work for us because there were so many multiple appointments, and it was hard when, you know, organizing the uh, specialist to come in during the times when the patients need okay. the work the specialist, we can actually just book the specialist on certain days. And if those days go up, then we just, you know, then we can refer out to the local specialist. Okay.
0: So you have, so you have two specialty types, uh, endodontics and and oral surgeon.
1: And what we found too is the the specialists their fees are actually quite a bit higher, even when they're. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that.
0: To get a higher fee for your. For your surgical extraction for instance right okay well that's exactly
1: or the endodontic therapy too
0: and
1: and and the overhead cost to us is pretty minimal we have you know obviously we're giving them a chair and their percentage of what's done but you know for endodontic procedures for instance you know we just give them an assistant once you have the initial purchase of the equipment you know that's that's basically a one-time cost because a lot of the specialists like oral surgery and, and endodontics the supply costs are very minimal but the fees the fees are actually relatively high for the procedures that they do so the chair revenue or hour for the oh, that's
0: interesting i never thought about that i know uh, I, I mean so so you give the specialist comes in you you have their supplies ready to go, and you have um, you have an assistant for them. Is that correct? Okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. One of the oral surgeons that comes in our office, he actually brings okay. one assistant with him, uh, just because he likes that assistant. We actually have another system that's in there too during lunch breaks, or you know, for the consultations that he has out of, out of the second. We actually give
0: one of our specialists
1: okay. Uh, to Okay. Them, consultations so, and, and then,
0: um, the and time. I mean, how much does it? I mean, you mentioned overhead and everything. So, how much, how much do you pay? Uh, how much do you pay a specialist? Uh, it's a straight commission type thing. Okay.
1: And our specialists get anywhere from forty to fifty And then, and then you're
0: paying the assistant, the and then you cover the supplies, right? Yeah. Well, that's okay. that's a pretty good deal if you keep that person exactly. busy, and they probably think it's a pretty good deal too because they don't have all the administrative things. Because you're handling all the the business aspect, you're handling the scheduling, you're handling the insurance, you're handling the ske- you know, all the everything that goes with the finances. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're doing the financial arrangements, getting some of the follow-up. The endodontic follow-up's been kind of nice because, you know, a lot of times if he does an endodontic procedure on a you know, difficult root canal that one of our right. dentists... Right, so you just tag-team it. We can actually do the crown prep right afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it was so the patients actually like that because they're coming in just for, you know, one procedure... Might be a little bit longer of an appointment, but nowadays, especially here in the Bay Area, people are just so pressed with time, they'd rather just take off, you know, one one afternoon and get everything done in a couple hours, than take multiple appointments to go see a specialist, have a consultation, uh, go back to the specialist to have the procedure done, come back to us, and you know, have the rest of the procedure done so we actually so we actually promote that too that you know especially for endodontic therapy that you know hey this tube's going to need to have a crown to restore it properly afterwards we can actually set it up in a way where you can actually have that done right afterwards yeah the that's that's you sure so you got you got the
0: convenience of the hours you've got the convenience of one trip uh, not not heading to different offices um so
1: One of our oral surgeons actually comes in on uh, Saturdays too. So he actually does it as just an extra revenue source for himself, and um, he actually likes it because he just comes in. He doesn't have to deal with the consultations, the business aspect of the patients. He just comes in. And does I think the dentistry he likes to do his and,
0: and his overhead. His his, his personal so his his, his overhead getting getting forty right, to fifty percent. It's probably better than what he collects at his office. So yeah, I can see why i like that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, so we're, we're actually starting to see in California there's some specialists now that don't even have their own office and they actually go out and really search for practices that they can actually
0: well you know, take care of the So patient. I don't know that we ha- we have that little bit in Illinois, but it it seems like uh, the the specialists that do that uh, tend to be uh, foreign trained, uh, and maybe people with uh, weak English skills um, yeah. who have failed in their own practices, and now they're sort of wandering around. Uh, um, at least that's what I found in my area. Um, I'm sure they're. I mean, they've gone through their specialty programs. They're probably good, but they they fall on their face in the communication skills type thing. So, um, yeah.
1: The, the, the nice thing about the specialist, like the endodontist that we have now, is he actually he's a great guy, and he's actually has his own practice. But he's just not as busy as he wants to right. be, and he just kind of wants to go somewhere and just kind of work. So he actually is looking for a couple of good good practices to work out of. So there are, there are possibly a specialist. So out there yeah. So where do you of, where
0: you know, when you say out there, what does that mean? Where are advertising you advertising for specialists? And, uh,
1: Yeah, so we just did, you know, internet advertising. We, we actually, uh, one of our best referral sources has been through the for endodontists has been through the dealers that actually sell the endodontic supplies because they sell to the endodontist. And so they actually know the endodontist out there and someone that might be, maybe they're they're a specialist, but they don't have their own practice and they're associating okay. with another specialist. But that specialist isn't keeping them busy enough and so you know they, they back off you know day a week at that specialist and uh you know we're out there looking for group practice so are you
0: talking out, about endo are you practices? talking about the, the the guy that comes around with the, the files or are you talking about going directly to you know or, or trying to find regional like a
1: yeah so I, right. I said, yeah, our endodontic supplier like uh dent supply for instance and most of our mm-hmm. endodontic stuff from they have an endo rep so we actually talked to the inner rep and then you okay. know, he's the one that actually right. is out there and knows what's going on with endodontics directly all right and you, and you- so so again talking with different supply reps and just seeing who's out there and you know, possibly even sending a letter out yeah. to you know some of the local endodontists, you know, too, and mm-hmm. just asking them, you know, the next town over, a couple of towns over. So, so the specialists that work for us don't live in our town; uh-huh. they live in other towns. You know, maybe even up so to they, so for them,
0: away. I mean, uh, you know, if you're driving an hour and a half, you're thinking, okay, I, I hope I have a full schedule. So, I mean, do you make any guarantees for them about? how much, how much is going to be there when they show up for that day or how does that work?
1: You know, we, we haven't okay. had to just because of our volume. We're still referring specialty services out and they, they're they always happy. They're always happy with uh-huh. uh, what their service revenue is during that day and what they walk away with in a check. So, so some of it, I think is just because of the, the volume that we have and the demand that we have, you know, for specialty services, it's it built up to a point
0: where, right, you know, even right. some of the local specialists. Yeah, I know. In, in my town, uh, the oral surgery group we have is just inundated, and they're behind. Um, but the, the thing I fear is there. They had they just recruit. They had one oral surgeon retired, and then it took them a long time to find somebody to replace him. So I'm thinking, well, if it took them a long time. For oral surgeons to find an oral surgeon to go in there, you know, maybe I don't know. I don't know that I could could find one, but maybe I'm thinking about it the wrong way. Maybe it's maybe it's it's like you said, guys that are out there, they're that are a town over or whatever, and maybe they're not as busy as they are in, in my town. I don't know.
1: Yeah, we we actually right. found our last endodontist for uh, ETS that you've used before you know so i don't know if they uh-huh. had any contact you know but they, they were
0: actually found them so, pretty quickly sounds like you got a, sounds like you got another dog a, a dog behind you there. <laughs> so yeah so that's uh, ets um is a uh is a referral service that um they can find uh, office managers for you they can find hygienists they can find associate doctors and, uh, and they can also find specialists. So um, I think it's uh, E is an elephant, T is in Tom, and S is in Sally. Uh, and uh, if you go on the web, I think there's different regional offices uh, for them too. So, um, so they're a good group. I've, I've worked with them in the past as well.
1: Yeah, so we've, we've been really happy with them. They've found two of our specialists over the years. But one of the things that does happen with the specialists, like our in and honest before, this one that we had, um, you know, he, him and his wife are actually both in and honest, and he just got real busy right. in his own practice, and it was, you know, get an hour-plus drive for him. And, and uh, because of that, he right. kind of just said, I love coming here, I love my stuff, but I just don't like the drive anymore. And so he kind of, you know... Backed away from our office, but you know, ETS helped to find someone right away. The nice thing about the specialist is the patients don't get you know attached to right, too, because it's not like they see an oral surgeon you know every six months, like a hygienist, So they're actually okay seeing right, you know, a new specialist. Because if, the, if you refer them out, they'd have to have right. a new
0: yeah, and it's so much easier to have just a new relationship with anyway, a person so. as opposed to having to go have a new relationship with a person and their whole different staff and a whole different office location. I mean, you can see why people a lot of times don't even, they get the referral and they come back six months later and you're like, hey, why didn't you go? (laughs) You didn't go, you didn't go to the endodontist. you didn't go to the oral surgeon. It's just, they sort of forget about it. But I think a lot of times it's, you know, it's that fear factor that, that we forget about, that, that people are kind of anxious about uh those kind of changes it's it's a whole new scary place that they have have to go to even if they're not a quote unquote you know anxious patient everybody has a little anxiety about going somewhere new and they don't really know much about it i mean you know in our office we of course spend a lot of time promoting the uh, specialists and say how you know our own team has gone and seen this specialist and how good it is. Um, But still, if, if all you have to do is return back to your office, um, it's like you say, I mean, with me and, and my associate doctors now, now it's, um, you know, it's not really a big deal if they have to see one of the associates, if they're typically see me, or if they typically see one of my associates and, and hey, they're not ready, so they'll see me. Um, You know, it, 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 it all becomes part of the same same culture, which is a, which is a great thing. I mean, that's what you want. You, you don't want uh, you don't really want um, sort of the, the the owner doctor to be quote, like the A team and the associate doctors to be the B team. You, you really want everybody, all the doctors, all your team, everybody's the A team. And, um, you know, that's just a great environment to work in. And um, it's a great environment to walk into as a patient. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, and we've actually, with with all our other associates and myself included, is we actually want our patients to get to a point where they're just they're happy to come to the office and the organization, and right. they know we're going to take great care of them, right. and they're not really worried about what doctor they're going to see, you know, or what office they're going to see. They just know they're going to get great care. So. We found that was a big paradigm shift instead of like, oh, you're Dr. Gibson patient or you're Dr. X patient or you're Dr. Y patient, you know, we've got a great doctor and they've got, you broke a tooth and they've got an open, they're going to take great care of you. That's what our front office will say. Once in a while we'll get someone that'll say why I've I've seen Dr. Gibson for years and I just really want him to do it. I'm willing to wait like two weeks to see him. You know, whatever the time period is so once in a while but that's more on the rare side now most people yeah. just want
0: to i have to say their, you know you know we dentists uh, we do have egos and i remember like uh when the first time i had uh you know i had i had a practice before my practice here and and people uh followed me and by that practice was 70 miles away and i had people following me there and and i remember uh the first time i found out that uh, while i was on vacation my associate doctor was there and And then she saw one of my longtime patients from this other town. And then, and then I I was like, okay, well, that's good. She helped him out. But then I found out that she didn't, she not only did the emergency stuff, she did a bunch of other dentistry. And at first I kind of felt a little hurt about it. I was like, I can't believe they just, and then I was like, wait a minute, that's what I want that I, I want my patients to, to, uh, to to work with these, with my other doctors. And and, uh, one of my long-term patients said to me one time, um, you know, he just kind of complimented me on on, um, uh, Dr. Driscoll, who was my first associate uh, dentist. And he said, you know, he said, at, "At first, I was kind of a little miffed about that, you know. You, he says, I thought you were being too high and mighty having someone else. Because, but then I met Dr. Driscoll, and then I thought about it, and I thought, you know, Dr. Van has been a great dentist for me. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even think about having somebody else in the office that w- isn't going to take good care of me. And 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 uh, so that was a paradigm shift for me. Is is that you know your long-term patients." They they know you're a good person. They know you're going to do the right thing. Um, you haven't done anything to indicate that you're kind of going to be sliding them off to the side because you've mm-hmm. always had high service. So why wouldn't they expect the new person to uh, to be the, at that same level or at least wanting to be at that same level and being around in that environment? So um, so that was that was a big lesson for me. And uh, and that's I th- right.
1: And then once in a while, if there's a service defect or just something that the doctor couldn't handle.
0: Right. Yeah. So, and there's always personality things. I mean, we always have, you know, when we have our morning huddles, it's like, this Mm -hmm. patient prefers, uh, you know, uh, doctor X, Y, or Z. Um, But usually then you know, if there's things with the schedule and even though I prefer a certain doctor, the patient's always ask, Hey, you know, Dr. Vanderbilt, he's, he's swamped in surgery right now. It'd be okay. You know, if you see uh Dr. Driscoll or Dr. Schley and, and usually the patient's like, yeah, sure. You know, so, um, so that all works out. And um...
1: exactly. And that, and that's when you when you get the group practice, you're actually running more of a true business. It's not you know, a, doc, a business that's dependent that's right. on just one person. It's a business that can function without, you know, the owner doctor.
0: Right. Or and without, I know, Dave, that you, you travel it's far sustainable away. S- and sustainable and, uh, and, and you're, if it's not for right. CE, it's uh, out to have fun with your family. Um, so, I mean, when when you're, when you're away, are you always by your phone, you know, checking to make sure everything's going okay at your practice?
1: well i used to be but not anymore (laughs) now now the office staff doesn't want to call me if there's an issue so and then and then this last Uh, summer actually took my uh mom on a dream trip to italy just son and mom trip and i didn't know this but my office their mission was to actually (laughs) Uh, have more service. <laughs> did they achieve it? The did they achieve it?
0: That's it. awesome.
1: They, they did actually. They excelled at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I love it. So so, but that's a great culture. That that's that's you know, that's part of that's part of you is that you're always trying to do the best you can with what you have at that point and uh, and so and they made a game out of it and uh, and won. So you know that's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and when you initially get into the group practice model, there is a lot of, you know, hassles and some headaches and some disappointments and some frustrations, but you just have to work through those. And as you work through them, you find out the stuff that, you know, caused all the aggravation really wasn't that big of a deal when you look back on it. And because you grow from it and you grow past it. And once you grow past it, then then it's just a great blessing to have a group practice because you're again you're not dependent on right yourself and having to carry the whole load of the, the business. You know, everyone else is carrying some of the load for you. And so you can do stuff like, you know, take vacations right. or even knowing law. about it. other people handle stuff without you even thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Or not even knowing about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so we actually have a full team meeting tomorrow and my whole team handled the whole agenda and just gave me an agenda at the end of the day and said, you know, here's what we're doing tomorrow. You know, uh, That's awesome. We don't have any changes because this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. And of course I did such a, I just yeah. glanced at it and it was like, yeah. they did such a I, great you job. You know,
0: it's, uh, it's you know, interesting because my team do does the same, same thing to and me stuff. and, um, and and uh but the one thing that they they do appreciate is that um i, I think at those kind of meetings is, is is not only that you're there but you say maybe a few things and they'll they'll ask us and, and 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 at the same time you're promoting what what your team that's putting that together you're promoting them you're promoting the idea what you're doing i mean you're being the leader and and obviously you're you're a fantastic uh, leader dave because just the fact that you've got people sh- saying here's the meeting here's how everything's going i mean those are all great leadership qualities um and that's a great place to be but that doesn't you know that doesn't happen overnight i mean if you have to go back now uh, and looking at you know sort of going from solo into a group practice i mean what are um you know what are some of the sort of the so what are some of the basic stuff I mean you, you mentioned things that you run into and problems but what would be some of the basic steps that that, that you would take to, to go from solo to an, another associate to another associate on top of that um, do, you, do you have some 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 steps that you ought to look at or basic pointers yeah I think, I think the biggest one is well
1: obviously a lot of different facets but obviously right. one thing is just talking to people that have been there and done it and been through it and learning from them and having you know people mentors through it you know talking to people like you listen to your podcast um people are welcome to call me there's different right. chat groups out there that you can talk to because there's been so many people that have paved the way and have done it before yeah. i'd say the biggest that's really helped me out though was actually just building relationships with the team members you know so it's yeah i might be the owner and i might be the doctor but building a team relationship with them that uh that we actually have a trust level so we can actually have those kind of crucial conversations with each other and we can hold each other accountable you know, they can hold me accountable and say, hey doctor, you know, you need to get off your phone. You need to get over there and see that patient. They've been waiting for a long time um, or, you know.
0: Right, you know, right. Um, I'm gonna I think that, that, that's a good you point. Know, don't yes. worry about um, really um, helping your team to get better. And uh, I know my practice really started to take off. When I realized that it really wasn't necessarily about the patient, it was more about um, growing my team, and 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 then teaching them about leadership, and then in turn having them teach others about leadership, so that we basically, you know, from top to bottom, <clears throat> basically have this sort of leadership ladder uh, where everybody is. Uh, trying to better themselves and, and in, in the process of bettering themselves, um, uh, realize that they have to reach out and help other people to uh, better themselves as well. And um, and that's just, just a great feeling when stuff happens and then you find out about it later about how they handled it. you think, man, uh, not only did they handle it like I would have, they might've even done it even a little bit better. And then you start discovering that not only are these people doing well and doing the things you train them but then you then the more you learn about what they do you find out that they have some talents that that you don't really possess and then and then they really um excel when they're able to step into that lane of their um their talents and um and it it just becomes really fun and and just really gratifying to see people grow and in in that aspect and it's really hard to do when you only have two or three staff members i mean uh how, how much how big is your team dave not not including the doctors there's five gps and then you the uh the uh... okay and i would you yeah. know i would i couldn't even
1: give you an accurate
0: number yeah. now at, at yeah 30, i'm i'm, 30, I'm not good with that either I'm, we we hang around 30. <laughs> so um so it's a lot of people, so, so you've made, so you, you realize, yeah. so you, you get these associates, you, you start figuring things out, but it sounds like you're saying really you're, you you know, you get new doctors, but you're really focusing on, um, you know, I'm sure you're mentoring a doctor and you're, you're meeting with them regularly, but, but you're really focusing on the team because the team can really help those doctors to be successful as well in the practice as well. Is that an accurate statement?
1: I think I'd say one of the neat things that we've done is we have like a weekly lunch meeting with the doctors. So we actually, there's a certain day of the week where we do clothes during lunch and uh, the doctors go, out, go all go out to lunch together, you know, just to get to know each other, talk about cases, talk about, you know, successes, talk about issues that we had, talk about, you know, what other people are doing, talking about, you know, all opportunities right. that we have. That's awesome. So, you do that every week. That we have that we can work on.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, and then we set it up with our with our team where we have, uh, we call it a mental management team. So, all of our team leads, so like our hygiene team lead, our doctor team lead, our front team lead, our assistant yes. team lead, they actually have their own meeting once a week. Right. And so, so they sit together and talk about, you know, different things like that too. You know, we kind of use the spot, you know, rank weaknesses, opportunities, threats, you know. And so they actually have their agenda and then they actually take their agenda and pass it on to what we call senior management team, which would be me, one of our consultants, um, or. Group practice administrator. So the team, manager, the, uh, your your team leaders, your middle management, management. They, they bring that,
0: that to maybe your manager, and then she, he or she puts that together, and then you do that in your your senior. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. and a, a lot of times they actually can handle the stuff on their own, but if it's something that's right. That's it's right. something that they need to go up to. So, you've to got the next people at different levels that are, are
0: identifying problems, problems they're discussing it, and they're trying to solve it on their level. And if, if, if they can't solve it, they give you what they have and bring to the next level. Right. And,
1: and then we you know, we have a culture where we like problems because we look at problems as opportunities. So, problems and opportunity to be better, to improve ourselves, to grow, to deliver
0: better yeah,
1: service, to be So to
0: be a started out with three ops in 1992. And here we are in 2020 and you've got got all that. How about, so you've got all this management and um, I don't know, I think you told me in California, it was hard to have DSOs, but if you forget about DSOs, I mean, you're, you're doing well, you got one location, why not why not branch, why not have, start some smaller practice, maybe a six operatory practice, you know, 30, 40 miles away. What uh, what do you think about doing like that, or having some satellites that fee, fee, fill uh, that basically feed into your your main office?
1: Yeah, there's definitely opportunities for that, and I've actually talked to like our you know associates about you know partnering with them, with like other opportunities like that. So. I, I'm actually at a point now where we we still have some capacity we can grow into. So we're, we still have an opportunity to grow at our current mm-hmm. facility. We have an opportunity to expand you know, upstairs a little bit if we want to. I'm in, I'm in a little bit of a sweet spot where I just, you know, I like doing uh, dentistry right. myself. I like being in the chair. I like doing management, but I like doing both. So I. Personally, would not remove myself right. out of the, right. you know, out of the wet finger dentistry aspect of it. So, so, so I think if I if I did get to the point where I had other facilities, I
0: think. Right. And
1: you know, I got to the point. Yeah, where I, I think to back um, off it seems like I um, at route.
0: least I, I meet a lot of dentists that they're sort of burned out, and 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 they and they what they say is that they're burned out on the patients and the clinical dentistry. But I think. Really, when if people really would study what they're doing in their lives, that they would discover what they they feel like they're burned out in the dentistry. But I think it's because they're so worn out. And let's face it; I mean, uh, clinical dentistry is you know it's really a form of a of athleticism. That I mean, you have to be in a certain amount of shape. You're you're on the go. You're there's no there's really no break time. It's you know it's go full speed ahead, and 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 you have to be. You know, you have to be able to sprint and do a marathon all at the same time. So you got that, and then at the same time you got these other things going on where the team is coming to bug you. Oh, you know, this assistant didn't show up for work today, or you know, or you know. We got to send this person to collections, or there's just all these things, or the insurance company says they're not going to pay, or this p- patient says that uh, they're not going to pay because we told them that their insurance was going to cover everything, or that's what they say. I mean, there's all these things, and I think it just really eats on people, and and then you know all the human uh, the the HR stuff that you have to do. I think that all wears on you, and and so it's always amazing to me that. Um, you know, even though dentistry is hard, if you're left alone, I think most dentists would be like left alone to do the clinical dentistry. People are happy. I mean, just think about those specialists that you were talking about earlier. How they really enjoy the they have their own practice, but they kind of show up at your practice it's like this little oasis where all they have to do is you know what they're trained to do, and and so there's a lot of niceties about that. And to me, to to take yourself out of that zone and put yourself in the management zone. Um, where you've got all these kind of things coming from every direction, um, you know, it, that doesn't really sound that appealing to me. Um, you know, of course, you're gonna develop levels of management, which you've done, which allow you in your in your single location to do a lot of clinical dentistry and, and to do all these things. Um, but, but when you're branching out, it, it's, it's hard to stay in one location and, and, and do the clinical dentistry.
1: And we're a little bit lucky yes. in california because we have the extended functions to dental assistants so they actually have some extra training so they can actually like place filling materials they can take impressions they can pack cord you know they can uh right and, and those are the things so the you things said things they that uh can
0: they place composites in california like doing,
1: they love doing yeah.
0: yeah so that's a big one that's me personally i don't like doing composites. Yeah, so they can so. Composites. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to, yeah. to do. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah. The dentist like drawing out cavities. And, you know, and so basically, you know, I can go in there, prep the tooth, you know, do the carries control, clean right. out the tooth, and I can hand right. it off to my, you know, one of my extended functions to dental assistant. Yeah. Again, that was a paradigm shift too, because the patients. Right had to kind of get used to right. you know, someone else in the mix taking care of them but again it's just in the handoff and if that person is taking care of them has skills right. that are good or maybe right. even better in the dentist the patients don't even blink their eyes about it so. and, and that's in my mania too that's actually her mission is to provide better yeah. care and do right. stuff
0: Yeah, she, she's more got, she set the bar and, and she's, she's going to go for it so that's awesome.
1: But, but again, that still goes back no. to training and spending time. But these people don't just no, not they to do not.
0: A pair, you know to care at that level. Well, <laughs> but they're out there. Uh, and not, there's trainable people out, out there yeah. and, uh, and it, it gets frustrating. I mean, right now, as we sit here in 2020, I mean, we're at, uh, all time low, uh, unemployment rate, which means pretty much, uh, if, if of the three and a half percent or whatever it is, of people that don't have jobs, uh, there's a reason they don't have jobs. And so now we're hiring, uh, you're hiring people that, that have jobs and, um, you know, mm-hmm. or, uh, you're. You know if you're lucky they've just relocated to your area and and they they have some skills and um
1: and uh... you get to a point though too where if your yes. business or your organization has a good reputation sometimes people actually reach out too so a couple a couple of the fantastic hygienists that we mm-hmm. have actually just kind of moved in the area by default maybe it was a husband's job or something And, you know, they looked up online, you know, to see what the top offices were, who had good Yelp reviews, et cetera, et cetera. And
0: and so good Google reviews aren't just for getting new patients, patients for getting new team members, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, you
1: know, the disadvantage of having extended hours is they're not necessarily they're patient-friendly hours, but they're not necessarily, you know, uh, staff-friendly hours, but there are some, we have some staff members that love working Saturdays, you know, maybe their husband works Saturdays. Right. Or in one case, you know, we have a male hygienist and his wife works Saturdays.
0: Right. I will agree with you there. It's, uh, that's a bad expanded expanded hours too. And the hassle is when, when when your team member has expanded hours and the husband is at home and he's got to take care of the kids and he's not too happy about that. Um, And so, you know, we fight that.
1: so so we've kind of of built in flexibility for that. And then we we do some rewards too, maybe, you know, just, yeah, periodic like dinner gift cards, you know, you know appreciation type things and so those things tend to go a long ways especially the dinner certificates because it's not uncommon we do that with a note and then we see them out the dinner no, that's, and they, that's you know, good they send me what about you do you they, they doc, do, do you any, any nice kind of a dinner, boost for uh, in their down.
0: pay when they work the evening hours when they're there past five <laughs>
1: Yeah, we we definitely we do a shift differential pay, so they get they actually do get paid a little bit higher. We find that's not a big factor. I think the biggest factor is they see that patients want those hours, and they're you know customer service staff members, yeah. team members, so they want to take care of people. So they understand that people want those hours. And right. They're in a position where they want to be customer service people, so they're actually okay doing that. But we have to be be conscious of it, and we try to do different shifts where they're, unless they want it, they're not always an evening employee, you know, and there might be one night that they work during the week, you know, one morning, but then the rest of the days they don't. So we actually have to staff up purposely. And and you're
0: not doing that, you've got other people scheduling
1: Yeah, so so I think the the nice thing is having a great practice is you know, you have your fixed overhead, which is your facility, and that cost doesn't change whether it's a rent or mortgage payment, and things like electricity and insurances and you know, loans on chairs and stuff like that. Right. So it actually does right. give us a little bit more money. Well,
0: that's awesome. Some I, of those uh, I, I, I think the takeaway tonight is that it doesn't happen overnight, but it certainly can. And um, it's worth it to work through those things to, to get uh, to a point where, um, you know, you, you just, you, you don't have the same, that when you think about when you started with three ops and in, and, uh, you know, 1992 and, and the things, you know, I'm sure you felt like you were working hard right then right you're building a new practice basically and and um and all the hard work you do there and now here you are in this 12 op place you've got over 30 employees and you would think oh my god the poor guy's tearing his hair out but but really it's it's uh it's, it's a lot easier in a lot of ways and it's a lot more fun because you know you're you're just dealing with things Why well, i actually feel like
1: my work life's almost like a vacation now you know, I enjoy going to work every day. I like getting up and going. I don't right. regret it. I feel most of my days are <laughs> right. easy days, yeah. you know, except for periodic stuff that happens. It's out of our, our control. And and I actually have a kind of life coach that I talk to periodically and yep.
0: become and the best version of yourself. Yeah, like yep. your
1: your motto is you know to become the best person you know that you want to be. Yourself. But he, he actually asked me, he said, you know, what's, when you look back on your career, what do you want your office to be? What's the vision for it? You know, do you want to just kind of float along and just, you know, go with the right. ways or do you want to, you know, build something that you can be proud of, you know, when you retire, you know, and that's been kind of my right. motto with, you know, the business is to build something that I'm, I'm proud of and I can hand off to someone else someday, you know, and look back on and say, Hey, look at all these people I took care of and,
0: you know change their lives you know not only the staff right. members that work and even the people it, that interact or, with you um you know like you said like a, like a like a supply with. rep they they know that something something different is going on uh at uh, dave gibson's practice for sure so well dave i really appreciate you uh taking the time i know you're really super busy and uh i appreciate you taking the time to to tell us about group practice and and uh, how it can do for you personally and and with all the lives you can touch and how rewarding that can be, and uh, I could talk to you all day. And uh, maybe maybe we'll have you back on uh, another day for some other topics. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, if you're about some specific stuff would be great. Yeah, well,
1: I, I thank you for the opportunity too, and I. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours and uh, I appreciate you doing the podcast and getting information out because there was years where I was in my practice and pulling my hair out, you know, and it's because of people like you that are willing to share information and what you did. You've kind of led the way and made it possible for Know, people like me to do the things that um, i'm able to do Well so i appreciate
0: that dave the, uh, and uh and that is it's, it's a good feeling to uh you support. know my my personal thing beyond my practice is to you know help uh other dentists that i encounter that i know are are, are really great guys and and i always say I, I say i want to help them expand their greatness and i remember when you were contemplating just even going to uh Uh, you know, expanded hours and, you know, how that would work. And I said, you got to sit down with your team and talk about expanding their greatness. And I remember you texting me back right away going, man, they really responded to that. So, I mean, it's really cool when you start building a team and, and they respect you as a leader and, and you challenge them, um, you're gonna be surprised and, and, and sometimes even embarrassed that you didn't push people a little harder uh, earlier because they want that. They wanna do really good stuff for you. And uh, I mean, we're in a great uh, vocation and we can help a lot of people. And these people that are working for you, they're, they're not just people that are functioning and you know a certain set of things that you're supposed to have people do. I mean, they they wanted they want to be great too, and uh, and it's just a great work environment. So, so Dave, you've done fantastic. I'm I'm, I'm pleased to to be with you. I've learned so much from you, uh, not only this evening but uh, for a long time as well. So thank you very much. Uh, and uh, all right, well that's it for today.
1: You've been listening to the Dental Master Series, a periodic podcast on timely and stimulating topics for the success-driven dentist. You can find more Dental Master Series podcasts at sunrisedentalsolutions.com or by searching for the Dental Master Series on your favorite podcast app. The Dental Master Series was created by Sunrise Dental Solutions, an exclusive community of highly successful practicing dentists who have succeeded through different paths, working as a group, to meet the collective needs of their clientele. To learn more about how Sunrise Dental Solutions can optimize your practice and assist you in defining and achieving your vision, call 1-800-750-0737 or visit sunrisedentalsolutions.com.